Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. So Phil, today we're going to talk about charting growth to achieve peak performance. You've had a very successful 30-year career in sales, won about every possible sales award you know, at a Fortune 500 firm, including being a lifetime member of the Million Dollar Roundtable, mm-hmm. and you rose through the ranks to become a, a managing partner. And I know you and your team at Sea Captain Coaching have coached more than 1,500 sales professionals. So one of your mantras about achieving peak performance is that active people are some of the luckiest people in the world. Can you explain what you mean by this? Well, in a way, it goes without saying. It's just uh, maybe a curious look at it, which is active people always seem to be lucky, right? We always sit there and go, oh my gosh, that guy made that sale or or she made that sale and and, uh, boy, how Mm -hmm. lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, people don't think about the 20-year overnight success story that is somebody who builds a business mm-hmm. or builds their sales career. They think about what happens when they arrive. And so they don't like the like the iceberg under the water metaphor. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much going on until that iceberg hits the surface. Mm-hmm. And so active people are the luckiest people is just based on the fact that the more you move, the more happens around you, Mm -hmm. the more you are able to quickly recover when things don't work your way. Mm -hmm. That's another real opportunity for active people. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to win, you've got to, you've got to be moving. Sure. And the last piece I'll share on this is I went through some bouts with uh, situational anxiety at different points in my career, usually around working too much, not blending my life well enough. And one of my coaches shared with me, asked me, what do you think the opposite of anxiety is? And I was like, oh, peace or some type of relaxation, you know, you know, in other words, trying to, and he goes, no, he goes, the opposite of anxiety is assertion. And, And I thought that was interesting. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, that's why people work out to relieve anxiety. That's why people run. That's why people do certain things to make sure they're in motion. Mm-hmm. And he went on to say so many people nowadays don't have to kill or farm their food for the day. Right. Right. They don't have to carry and have lift heavy things. Yeah. They're in, this is an information age. And so Active people, it's important not just in sales or performance management, but also really critical for people to just manage their lives. Yeah. No longer uh, hunter gatherers. Yeah. Right. So I had a, uh, a client who I sat in on an annual uh, sales meeting, kickoff meeting, and uh, he, he called it playing in traffic. You know, he yeah. said, you just get out and get into the mix. And, you know, we rub up, you know, once you're out there, you know, you'll encounter opportunities that you didn't anticipate. So I know what a challenge many salespeople face is finding time to serve 
their clients effectively as their business is growing. And a lot of times they'll end up in a situation where they're taking on clients who are not an ideal fit for their business. And the, the clients will wind up not getting, once they grow their client base, they've got this mix of clients and clients aren't getting the level of service that they expect. So they leave. So I know in your business, you've got this proprietary diagnostic tool that helps people measure their performance goals and results. And it also you know, serves as a baseline for mm-hmm. you know, helping to measure growth. So can you explain how this the tool that you use that's unique to your business works with your clients? Well, thanks uh, for asking about that. What we've done at Sea Captain is, and are able to do, is mm-hmm. work with the company, work with the sales office in building out a curriculum for growth as they see it. Okay. What so many of our clients, when we first meet them, oh, they have great ideas. They just need to implement some of these. And, and we also come up with a lot of things based upon our, our organization. Mm-hmm. And so the diagnostic is just a, just a tool that incorporates everything from personal growth elements to business growth elements, to professional growth elements, to gaining a sense of clarity and core values, vision, and mission. So imagine each session when you're working with a sea captain coach, you're working on these foundational layers Mm -hmm. for everything from health and wellness to sales results. Then we can go a little deeper into what are the core growth elements as a firm might see them. And what, what we'll do is design a curriculum for growth that focuses on not just these foundational pieces like core values, vision, and mission, but also how people are feeling in the moment, what have been some of their victories, what are their pain points, and then start to also make choices about activity numbers. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the original question, activity movement that will over a period of time gain results. Okay. Yeah. So I know you said uh, when you're working with new clients to help them implement this diagnostic, that a lot of them already have some sort of you know measurement piece in place. And I understand the tool that you use serves as a complement to what they're already doing. So what do you think are some of the key ways in which your approach to me- measuring growth adds value outside of what your clients have previously already been doing? That's a good one. I think where it really boils down is I'm not interested in working with an organization to develop their training curriculum, their fundamental training curriculum. They've got that down. They've worked on it already. It's how they onboard people. And maybe I can complement what they're doing in discussions about vision, performance management, and so on. But that, that curriculum set, we like to come in, and we use this all the time, is we come in at base camp. They've already climbed a, to a certain level, mm-hmm. but they now want to grow into that next stage. Now, that's where a lot of organizations, corporations, sales organizations have not spent the time. Mm-hmm. And they'll hear it from their, from their team. They'll hear it like, boy, we only go to a certain place, and then you're on your own. 
Well, that's where we come in and supplement or complement, complement with an E, complement mm-hmm. the work that's already been done, work on the creative ways to go about it. Your organization gets involved in that from a marketing and branding standpoint. And what we've created here is a comprehensive look at this and the technology to deliver not just a one-size-fits-all fit for every company, but, but an actual catered to the vision, mission, and goals of the organization we work with. Mm-hmm. And so I want to circle back to what you said a little earlier about your, your training approach in the diagnostic tool as it includes lifestyle elements in it. And based on my experience, that's unique. So why did you decide to incorporate that, those aspects into your coaching strategy? <laughs> it, uh sort of interesting that you bring up in particular lifestyle because I was notorious in my early days of being defiant to any type of discipline around, uh, around uh, consistent uh, working out. I'm different now for sure. It's something I think about every day. It's not quite a discipline, but it's close. And I definitely have a structure built around it. So this whole lifestyle element, whether it's health and wellness, whether it's a uh, best version of you, we focus on those pieces because you got to be right at home first. You got to be right with relationships, primary relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you, the old phrase, we're only as good as our sickest kid, right? Yeah. And so with that, my goal and the goal of our coach is always to meet people where they are and understand that backstory. Remember we did the segment on your story matters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that backstory matters because it allows us to meet people where they are and then work with them side by side to deliver a growth plan. Yeah. And people appreciate that because so many coaching offerings or workshops are about one size fits all. Right? Not our objective. Right. Yeah. So that's a great segue. I know a lot of those in leadership positions hire you to coach their team members, and it offers them a great way to chart growth for different groups. And you've got different versions of your diagnostic tool for different people, you know, different positions in the organization. Can you explain how that works? Well, we have, uh, when it comes to the team members, so let's say you're running a division, running a, a firm, running a, a sales office. You have team members. You obviously could have salespeople, but you also have sales support, people that deliver at a high level on the operations. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so in that design, we have built diagnostics for people who don't have clear metrics. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're in a support role. And so what we work on is what kind of metrics are there? What type of steps are you taking? in goal management for this year. What, mm-hmm. what, if I'm a team member, what looks good where you say I made a huge contribution to what's going on this year? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Because not everybody has clear sales metrics in their path. So we've developed diagnostics for all different seg- segments mm-hmm. and, they can be, and they can be catered to the needs of the organization, both on a sales performance standpoint, executive performance standpoint, and support standpoint. 
if every team member in your organization can achieve their vision for their lives within your vision, they have no reason to ever leave. And so much discussion right now around retention. Yeah. And, you know, some of it is likely, well, is COVID related. You know, isolation is the worst form of prison sentence, right? Solitary <laughs> confinement. Yeah. And so uh, some people have gotten used to it. They're comfortable in it. Yeah. But I'm still, you got to have some three-dimensional time together still. Yeah. Back to point is vision. Their vision gets met within yours. They have no reason to look. Yeah. That is solid. That's a framer. <laughs> yeah. That's solid. Um, so one of the things you do when you're coaching your clients is to ensure that the people on the team agree with leadership about what their top priorities are. And this seems obvious, but it seems like it's often overlooked. I know one of your exercises with the teams you coach is to have team members and leadership write down what they think are the top three priorities in the business. And you mentioned more often than not, things are not all, you know, things are not in alignment. How does it happen that important priorities can get out of sync like that? Well, you know, we touched on this a little bit in CEO Mindset, um, yep. the segment we did there, but mm -hmm. I think this is a piece that is very commonly missed. And that is, what is it? Reward for good work means more work, right? <laughs> so if you go under that scenario and, and you're at three priorities already, they give you a fourth. And let's say it's not temporary, but for good, that fourth priority is going to disrupt you. Mm -hmm. And the fourth priority is usually something that you're doing. Usually you put it on the, the best employee right? because they can handle it. And then they end up struggling because they're either compromised in all four or the fourth one's not getting done. Something's okay. going to give. And so what we were very focused on in building out job descriptions, especially for growth, is that it has to be three priorities. Now, if you and I had a conversation about trade wins, okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I said, what are your three priorities? And then, or somebody interviewed you and said, what are your three priorities? Mm -hmm. I went off to a soundproof booth, like okay. the old newlywed game, right? Yeah. While you're perspiring when behind the glass. <laughs> <laughs> your, your three priorities. Yeah. When I stated what I thought they were, Mm -hmm. You came out. How mm -hmm. close were we? How close are we? How are they in order? Yeah. Okay, of importance. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the conversation you want to have with key team members. Mm -hmm. Be and that's the conversation we facilitate so that everybody is aligned. Because when everybody's aligned, it's like, you know, moving an aircraft carrier into the wind, the planes can take off. Okay. And so priority management is so key, especially as you get a larger organization, more complex group of individuals, you have certain market segments you're pursuing versus not, and it gets everybody in the right spot. So Phil, you talked about success and client growth, diagnostic tools, soft and hard skills, emotional development, and measuring metrics You know, as part of the ground we've covered today. So when a firm engages with you, with your business as a coach, how long does the relationship typically last? Well, if it's on an individual basis, the relationship could last 
considerable amount of time, depending on as long as there's growth discussion. If When I work with somebody individually, I don't do that as much anymore, but our other coaches are always coached to saying, has this run its course? In other words, are we done for now? Because it is that, because it's important to not get a codependency in coaching. And so when it comes to groups or workshops, we do. We usually design a year to two years to in some cases, three years of curriculum, because after about two to three years, the shelf life of a consultant, the fresh ideas, the mm-hmm. take on things is usually uh, run its course. And I'm very aware of it when I feel it. Mm-hmm. And so one, two, three years, monthly, some cases, quarterly, monthly's far greater for growth. Because it, growth is about an eighteen-month, two-year process when you take something on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the trust phase, the test phase, then an execution. But it takes it takes some time. And what a lot of people do is they they peel off after a few months because they feel like they've got everything, but they haven't applied any of it yet. And then they start to get discouraged because it's a relentless pursuit of growing. This is a difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking about vision, mm-hmm. all right. There's fear in it, and and all these other layers. So, so what we're doing in the diagnostic is paying attention to, as I said before, foundational pieces, measuring metrics, and so on, in order to get somebody the lift that they want to mm-hmm. get to that next stage. Mm-hmm. And then, how can we forecast and be proactive? So, there's a lot of layers going on. But two to three years is the usual engagement. Yeah. And from what I've seen, you know, I've watched you coached and I've seen videos of your sessions is I feel like your clients really benefit in those group sessions from the group dynamic that they're able to feed off each other. And you really have a unique ability to let people kind of be vulnerable in front of their other coworkers and talk about what they need to improve on, which I think is a unique and a great skill that you have that I've seen other training programs where people aren't willing to, you know, kind of let their guard down. Um, and you make that it is just kind of a, you set the tone, I guess, from the beginning that it's okay to do that. Well, it's a transparency thing. Okay. I'd love to tell you that I have figured everything out, that everything just fell into place for me. I'm very open about the fact that growth, there are periods of time in my life where I've grown, where I've mm-hmm. been laser focused, operating at peak, best mm-hmm. version of me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can think of probably four. Then there's this other time. Well, what's going on there? Well, that's real, where the real work is. Right. It's that time when, you're, when everything isn't just, everything you're touching isn't turning to gold. Right. And boy, I had my share of that disappointment. Mm-hmm. I've had people not show up and honor their commitments. I've mm-hmm. had, you know, you get burned out and tired of certain things. Mm-hmm. So what we try to do in this coaching is concentrate those two to three years. And then with the diagnostic, we also have a subscriber opportunity where if people want to continue that path of using the diagnostic tool, they can do it without the coaching attached. Okay. They can, can hire another coach and use that technology as, as their report card. Okay. So this is about evolution. I'm very aware that of that shelf life for a coach. And I don't want to ever be codependent. Okay. Good. Good stuff. Great. 
Thanks for your time again today, uh, Phil. Always a pleasure. And we'll talk again soon. Yeah, Greg, good seeing you. Look forward to connecting soon. All right. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey.